Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So, all right, so open your Bibles up to Matthew 16. We're in a series entitled Ecclesia, and uh, it's this word, Ecclesia, um, and we have Bibles in your seats. If you don't have one, the New Living Translation, I will, uh, you, you can use that if you want. I'll put this on the screen as well, but I just want to make sure that you um, have that opportunity there. So, Ecclesia, that's the series we're in, and the word Ecclesia, it just simply means the called out ones. That's simply what it means. It is a word used for the assembly, like you are an Ecclesia. Right here, right now, you are, now you may not be the ecclesia. The ecclesia is the church universal around the world. And let me just say that word because universalism is trying to creep into Christianity. It's already affecting other uh, churches. And you just got to understand that this is the way the enemy works. When I say the universal church, I am not talking about universalism. That is, we accept everything, anything, and anything, and everything goes. That is not Jesus. Jesus never said that. Woman, I don't condemn you in your sins, but go and what? Come on, somebody, right? Go and sin no more. You just, there's, no, there's none of this, like, it's okay. No, it's not okay. Jesus paid too great a price for us to say it's okay. Either his blood can, releases us and forgives us and, and equips us to overcome it, or something's wrong with his blood. And I don't think it's his blood, right? Universalism accepts anything. G, the universal church of Jesus Christ means Jesus is Lord. And we accept his word as the inerrant word of God. That's what that means. And you can build upon that, okay? So we are an ecclesia. We are not the ecclesia. We are a local gathering of believers. But you are part of the greater ecclesia. So um, in Matthew 16 and verse 13, this is the scripture where Jesus addresses this idea of the church, okay? Matthew 16, 13. It says, now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, this is in the mountain regions of Israel. This is in the northern part of the country. Um, and let me just say this. There it was uh, very rocky, lots of small pebbles everywhere, gravel. Um, when we would go there, if we've taken you there, you know this, we would say, hey, pick up a rock while you're here. Take a look at that, you know. And, um, but then on, in that region, while there's all this gravel and rock, there's mountainous regions up atop. There's massive, massive rocks and massive mountain regions. So when they're in this region... He asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah, but still others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said unto them, but who do you say that I am? And so Simon Peter said, you are the Christ. The word Christ is the anointed one with the anointing to destroy yokes, remove burdens. He is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said unto him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, that just simply means Simon, son of Jonah. It's important to, to know that. That was his name, Simon. His name was Simon. It was not Peter. Now, in other places, you'll see it reference that, but understand, when Jesus called him, his name was Simon. His name was Simon Barjona, Simon, son of Jonah. If it was, you know, Jody, if, if you know, my daughter, Ava, you say, Ava, son of Jody. I mean, daughter of Jody. <laughs> Lord, help us all. Make sure it's clear today. <laughs> Cannot confuse this today. Ava, daughter of Jody. It's, uh, it's, it's just the way they did it back then. They have as many people, so uh, it was pretty easy to do. But he says, you are Simon Barjona because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, I also say unto you that you are Peter. Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overpower. Now Jesus has exemplified and expressed something right here. Number one, your name is Peter. 
And on this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail. There's a number of things to be said here. I don't have time to get into all this. I'm just taking one part out of this. First of all, the word Peter is the word Petros. I'm going to put it on the screen for you, I think, here so you can see this. Petros. The word Petros means a piece of a rock or a small rock. There we go. It would be what you see out in the, around the landscape areas. It's a small, like, gravel. It's a part of... So the way you make crush and run or gravel, whatever they call it, this stuff, little pebble stones, it goes through a process where it's broken apart from bigger, you know, rocks. Jesus said, your name is Peter, you're a small part of the rock. And he says, and on this rock, Petra, two different words. So why am I telling you this? Because it's Greek, all right? It's, it, it's important. When you just read it, if you're reading this in the Greek, they would say Petra, Petra. They know the difference. Peter, you're a, part, you're a small rock. On this rock, Petra, it means a bedrock, solid rock, usually lying beneath the surface deposits of soil. Jesus said, if you're going to build your house, build it on what? Build it on the, not the sand. He's referring to, if you're going to build your life on the rock, he's referring to himself. The revelation of Jesus Christ, that is what you build your life upon. Anything else is just seeking sand, right? So he's saying that to them. Your name is Peter, you're a part of this rock, but this revelation, the big rock, if you build your life on that, that's what I'm building my church on. Now, this is very important. The church is built upon Jesus. Not a personality, not coffee, not air conditioning buildings or anything. It is built on Jesus Christ, and that's what Jesus is building upon. Anything else? That, the scripture is actually interesting later in the epistles. I don't have time to get into all this stuff right now, but you can read this if you want. The, the scriptures actually say this about building your life and doing the work of God. He says, at the end of your life, when you stand before the Lord, we call this the Bema seat, if you will. The, the, it's called the judgment seat of the Lord. A lot of people think, well, you're not going to be judged by anything. It's not true. <laughs> I don't know where we get these ideas that, oh, no, because I'm saved, Jesus, I'm just free and clear. No, you're not. And which probably explains a lot in Christianity today in America. We think we're free and clear. No, my brothers and sisters, you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Amen. All right, good. Just making sure we're all on the same page. You've been bought with a price. But uh, at the Bama seat, if you will, the judgment seat of Christ, the scriptures declare that, that when you come up there, a man's work will be tried by fire. Like, it, I don't know if it's a movie screen. I don't know if it's going to play back. Like, maybe it's like the, you know, time stone. And it goes back, you can see everything. That's an Avengers. I don't know if you guys, anyway. Okay, I thought everybody had seen this. Anyway, Dr. Strange, you know? Okay, yeah, no, some y'all. Y'all didn't want to admit it, you'd seen it. That's what it was. I don't want to say it, maybe I'll judge for seeing it. No, whatever. But when he sits up there, I don't know if it's a movie screen you're going to see. I don't know what's going to happen. But apparently, when we stand before the Lord, he's going to look at it. He's going to say, here's some fire. Here's what you did. Let's see what happens. And it says, basically, those things which are built on Christ, those things which are eternal, will stand. Listen, watch this, guys. Those things which we think are so important in life that are not important, they will be burned up. In so much that he actually says, Paul says this about this. It's It's a wild verse of scripture. He says that it'll freak you out so much that you're thinking, you might not make it through. Like, did I do anything for the Lord? It's down to the last thing. Oh, I hope this works, you know. You're... But he says, you yourself, you're going to think you're not going to make it, but you yourself will be saved, basically because of the faith in Christ Jesus. That's your, that's your anchor. 
But there's a lot of stuff we do, guys, including myself. Listen, let me just, okay, maybe not you. We'll pick on ministers. There's a lot of things that we do that will be burnt up in the, in the end. And he's like, I didn't call you that. Didn't ask you to do that. Didn't ask you to do that. And he's going to love us and forgive us and say, look, you know what? You wasted time with that. You wasted time with this. But here's what, now this is precious. Watch this. Those baptisms that you guys went to on that day in church? That right there is going to stand. That's going to stand, baby. That all y'all are going to be a part of, you ain't going to skip out and leave early? Yeah, that's... Anyway. <clears throat> so you got to ask yourself, what part of this relationship are you? You're a small rock. You're not a big rock. Bottom line. That's why it's very important to understand, like, in the relationship, we're building the church of Jesus Christ with, we are co-laborers together with him. We are building the church together, but he's building his church on the rock, not on personalities. And I hate to tell you guys this, as much as we love and we think how cool we are, we think we're so smart and we think we know theology and all that kind of stuff. I'm just telling you right now, even our theology, if it's not built on Jesus, it doesn't stand. There's a lot of things we were going to some training this week, pastors and I, I took the pastors out to Dallas, and, um, you know, I don't, how many of you guys know this? So, uh, as pastors, how many of you guys, we need to be fed as well as you? Okay, just making sure you understand we're just not traveling for traveling's sake. Um, sometimes people see stuff on Facebook, and they think, oh, you must have had a bunch of party. No, well, I got to see some friends, uh, Pastor Judas, that's what we call him now. Uh, that's Pastor Peter, in case you didn't know. We love him. It's a picture you saw smiling. We're friends. It's a joke. Oh my goodness. But we don't call, we don't mess around. We call him Pastor Judas straight up. We tell him all the time. I told him, he said, Oh, Pastor Judas, he said, You got a lot more gray in your beard. I said, It's cause you left, you punk. I mean, that's what I tell him straight up. He ain't on my staff anymore. I call him out. I'm like, You, you know, man, you put some work on me. I don't even tell you that right now, man. Water pops and everything else, brother. So anyway, so we had a good time. We did see him. But when we were out there, our number one thing was to go and be fed. And while we were out there, this one guy was teaching. He was a professor, and he was a, had his doctorate in linguistics. Let's just say by the time he was done, the three of us looked at each other, and I said, I don't know anything. I know nothing. This brother would break down verses of Scripture by sentence and grammar structure for his messages. I said, I don't do that. I read and I study a lot, but I'm not breaking down sentence structure. I left thinking, wow, I'm impressed. The thing about it is this, guys, no matter how you study, no matter what you think you know about Christ, if it's not based on his word, if it's not true, it doesn't last. That's why it's important that you don't build your family and your life on some come by now lately thing. I've been doing this long enough now. I used to hear guys say this and think, wow, you must be old. But I've been around this little thing for a little, little while now. This year, like I told you last year, Haley and I have been married 20 years in November. She forgot when, but I didn't. 20 years. Yeah, that's right. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, what do you think about that? They're clapping. They're kind of awkward because they're, you forgot, but they're, you know. <laughs> I'm totally joking. But we've also been in ministry for 20 years. And believe it or not, at this church, this fall will be 20 years at this church. You know, we volunteered before, but 20, that's a long time to be at a church. And that, in different roles, different capacities, but... The one thing I've noticed is this. After you do this for a while, you start seeing things. And uh, you see things come and go. And you see things circle back around. And you think, 
Oh my goodness, they were doing that back in the 90s. That was, are we buying that again? Here's the problem. Here's why people buy it. Because they didn't build their lives on the rock. So they're tossed to and fro by all kinds of new stuff that comes along. They're still building their lives on Jesus. So 1 Corinthians 10.1 says this about the Lord Jesus. Just to confirm he is the rock real quick. 1 Corinthians 10.1. I don't want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. This is referring to the exodus uh, the, 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 over the, through the Red Sea. And just, just so you, clarification there, verse 2. It says, all were baptized into Moses, into the cloud and into the sea. And they all ate the same spiritual food. Now, you could say, well, that was manna. No, manna was the natural food. There was spiritual food there too. The things that God was giving them there through Moses was spiritual food. Please don't ever think that the Old Testament is a non-spiritual side of the Bible. That it doesn't matter that it's, I've actually, you know, we heard this, you know, growing up um, uh, from different teachers and whatnot. They would say, well, I don't read the Old Testament because it's for spiritually dead people. Well, now what they meant was the New Testament is for New Covenant believers. I understand that. But for a new believer and someone like me who's just coming to faith in Christ, I was just barely new. I hear that and I think it's unimportant. What, what would you think if you didn't know any better? I would think it was unimportant. Less for spiritually dead. I'm not spiritually dead. I'm alive in Christ. You know, so I'm going to stay over here on this side. But the problem is the New Testament, the majority of it is reference to the Old. It's all fulfilled through Christ, but you need to know and understand and appreciate the Old Testament. Anyway, so there was spiritual food. Verse 4, and they all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. Jesus is the rock. So 1 Peter 2, if you want to turn there or look on the screen, you're the one. I want to read this to you, and then we're going to move forward. But it's really important for me to, that you know he is the rock, and you build your life on him. And you've got to get off. Please, I, I'm not, I want you to hear my heart when I say this, because I, I, I am not saying against people. I just, when I hear things that goes, Urgh. when I hear people say, it's just me and Jesus, I say, well, that's not, that's not biblical. There's nothing in your Bible that says just me and Jesus. Matter of fact, it says if any two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. You and Jesus don't make a majority. You and Jesus aren't the only two people in the world. Jesus, matter of fact, is building his church and he's after the masses. It's not about just you and Jesus. He is for his church. He's for you, yes. He loves you. He thinks you're just wonderful. But he wants more than just you. That's what my little girl says when she don't get what she wants. It's all about me. We had Chick-fil-A last night. We took her to the mall. We were walking around. She just left a skating party. It was a big day. And before we leave, you know what she says? She's finished her Chick-fil-A. And she goes, so dad, can we go out for ice cream? Because that's what little kids do, don't they? And it's sweet and precious, but you say, no, we can't do ice cream. We've done enough. So 1 Peter 2, 8, you there? Or 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, you there? Okay, so the Bible says, in coming to him as to a living stone. Remember, he is the big rock, we're the little rocks, okay? We're coming to him as a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. So you're being built up. 
are assembled together, if you will, as one verse says in, Corinthians, in uh, Ephesians. But he says, we're to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So why do we come together? Why do we assemble? Number one, I came here to worship. Now, this is where you lay aside your wants and desires. Got to be real honest. Why do I come? First and foremost, I came to worship. I come to get my heart right. Because, see, it's really hard to stand in the presence of the Lord, lift your hands, and say, I came to worship you while you're still angry at your spouse for whatever reason driving over here. Don't elbow him right now. It would not be a good idea. Don't do that. It's hard to worship. Have you found that to be true? Is it difficult to worship God when you have offenses? Is it difficult to worship God when you've got something going on that's not right? Yeah. So what do you do? Worship number one, I'm offering spiritual sacrifices. Jesus said if you have all against your brother, leave your sacrifice there, go make it right, then come back and offer your sacrifice. You're not going to be able to connect with God if you still have this going on with other people. So what do you do? You get it right. If they're not in the room, you can't reach them, then you know, ask the Lord, I'm, I'm releasing them right now in Jesus' name, and I'm going to find them when this is over and tell them. I'm sorry. And if it's not your fault and you can't do anything about it and they won't talk to you and everything else, and blah, 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 then you just give it to the Lord and say, I release them. But I'm not going to hold this over anymore. And how do you know if you have that? When you worship, the only person you think about is them. When we worship, who should you be thinking about? I'm telling you, if anybody else comes to your face, and don't act like you don't have an imagination, but anybody else you see, and you're in worship, and all you're thinking about is, I can't believe that they did me that way. And they're singing about the blood, man. Oh, the blood, it washes my sin. And they're singing, and everybody's going all out. And it's high, and it's loud, and everything. Whoa, everybody's worshiping. You're going like, I can't believe that they would do that to me. I'm telling you right now, you got a problem. You need to repent and turn to Jesus. Because you can't worship God. He should be the only one we're thinking about when we worship. So, I'm laying up my spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay. Now, this is when they built, the, when they started, founded this church. Uh, the founders. This is the scripture they used to. Uh, that this church was uh, founded on. It was the scripture the Lord gave them. Okay. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. In other words, you believe in Christ, you're not going to be disappointed. You build your life on him. The, and there is a implied understanding in this verse, which I'll get to in a second. But just. This precious value, then, is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumbled because they are disobedient to his word, and to this doom they were also appointed. Listen, church can either be the cornerstone that you build upon, or it's going to be the rock that you stumble on. But there are no other, two other choices. That's the only choices you got. Because if you know anything about building, you start with, now this is different for us, but if you're going to build a house or structure today, you're going to start with a, like a corner post. It's a little bit different. But you're going to start with something where you get your line, your measurement from. And Haley, we did this when we were building fences and stuff at our house. It's an interesting thing, but uh, she could explain to you how this works. I just know it does work. How about that? <laughs> okay. But if you're going to square off something, just because you have the same measurements on all four sides does not mean it's squint and square. Have you ever done this before? It's a little tricky. A little tricky. But if you do, especially in large areas, if you're going to build a building, you've got to have a corner. And then once you lay out your measurements and the size you want it, you've got to run diagonal measurements. 
Because if you think it's square in the same measurements, it might be like that. And when you start building your house looking like that versus like that. So you pull a tape or a string or a measurement to basically align it and square it up. Why is that important? Because if you start building and you get the foundation done, it might not be very noticeable. But when the next crew comes in and starts laying a found, uh, the, the floor structure on top and it's not square, square things don't line up with odd-shaped foundations. And Jesus is saying he's the cornerstone. And if you're going to build your life, you've got to start with the cornerstone. They would find bedrock. They would start with an anchor point. And you built on that first. And through the Pharisees and the others in the Bible, how many times did they become offended at Jesus? They were offended at what? What he said, who he was, and they constantly were what? Oh, tripping on everything he said. Even the disciples. When Jesus looked at them and said, y'all got to eat my flesh and you got to drink my blood. And half the church just said, we out. Yo, we ain't making the baptisms. We out. <laughs> They're gone. And the disciples looked at him like, why would you say that? We filled the room. We sent all kind of flyers out. We sent all kind of Facebook notification, Instagram posts. We were going to be here this day. We filled the room. Why would you say they have to eat your flesh and drink your blood? You just ruined the whole thing, Jesus. Now, they didn't say that, but that's what they insinuated by looking at him like, what? And Jesus goes, y'all going to leave too? Meaning, will my words cause you to stumble or will you build your life on what I'm saying right now? This is why you need to make sure you're building your life on his word and not a come by Johnny Lately story, theology, doctrine thing that's circling around. Oh, I saw on Facebook. Oh, do you hear what they say? Woo! Does it even align with scripture? Well, it doesn't matter. It's so good. I've heard somebody say that. So before you laugh, think, it's, I'm not kidding you. And as a pastor, it, it bothers me. Because they go, look, man, I've been wrong before. My wife has told me, um, where was that in Scripture? Like, did you, where, where is you? She didn't say in that direct term. She would say, hey, honey, hey, that was an interesting message. <laughs> she does it really nice like that. Like, well, I mean, you know, I just, yeah, but you know, I know what you were trying to say, but kind of got lost. You seemed a little angry. She's helped me with so many things like that. Let me ask you a question. If a preacher is willing to say that to you, is it not true that any of us could accept something that's not true and try to build our life on it? And the test of that is, is it on bedrock? Is it line up with his scripture? So Jesus said many times, he said this in Matthew eleven six. 6, he said, look, uh, blessed are they who do not take offense at me. Means don't be offended at his words. So this morning, um, what we did was I, I wanted to share with you a little bit about the body of Christ. Saying, well, what does rocks and the rock have to do with the body of Christ? Well, a, a lot actually. So when you're building, if you're not a builder, you, this won't make any sense to you. But if you build or you like to build stuff, think of Legos. Okay, but I'm gonna go in a different direction. But when someone, a brick mason, someone who lays brick, when they lay the brick. They assemble brick by brick, piece by piece through concrete and um, very strong structure that's attached to the bedrock or to the walls, to this foundation that goes up. 
A true brick home, though, is not veneer. A veneer is just a, it's a pretty brick wall, but it won't hold up in a tornado. Now, if you've got a real brick home, like the three little pigs, you know, that one, the wolf ain't going to blow it down. But if your brick is like fake brick, it's coming down. I hate to tell you. Not all brick walls are built the same. If you're a builder, ah, that's true, right? So when Jesus said, I'm, you, I'm assuming you do think I'm going to read a description in a minute that shows you this, but the mason puts brick by brick, and by the time it comes together, and that concrete hardens, or cement is actually the term it will be used, it creates a structure that is so strong. This is why they built walls and fortresses around castles to hold back the enemy, which is why you need multiple verses of Scripture, not just one or two. Anyway, so why does a body or how does a body connect with rocks? Well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this little piece of paper. It's either in your seat or in the seat back in front of you. Take one of these out for me and, and wave an arrow so I know you're participating. This is not a non-participation church. Come on, we're going to participate this morning. Sometimes I wonder, like, you know, you got you to participate. Come on, wave it like this. Like you like, whoo, like this feels good. Yes. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yes. So, all right. So what we're doing here is I want you to see this because uh, in our church, uh, we have the bases covered. Y'all know what that means, right? Like, and I'm not a baseball guy, but I've, I watched a few and I fall asleep in a lot. <laughs> I'm more of a live peanuts, like real watching baseball. I can hang for that. If it's on TV, man, I'm out. But, um. If you get the bases covered, that means, you know, you're, you're making hits, right? We're on base. We're on base. And you win ball games being on base. You really can. I mean, you, you can. But how many know that um, every now and then a guy gets up to bat and he hits, and when he does, man, it's gone, baby. It looks good. I mean, it's, it's heading out, and it's a base run. You know, he's, he's no problem. But in his excitement and in his turning of all those muscles and that $8 million, you know, body that he's got, when, when, he, when he does, it's like, ah, oh, oh, what was that? All of a sudden, eight million don't mean anything because something went south here. And he's trying his best, and he hobbles to first. But what happens when he gets to first and he can't run anymore? They put in what? There you go, substitute. How many know that a teacher, no matter how great she is in education, every now and again, she's got a runny nose? And in our day and time, Lord help us all if you cough. <laughs> oh, it's not COVID. I probably, you know, I got allergies. I mean, you know, like, have you not had to do that? You know, it's not allergies, I promise. I mean, it's not COVID, I promise. I mean, I've been tested 400 times. It's going to be all right, whatever. Everybody feels like you got to excuse everything now. But a teacher now, how great she is, every now and again, a teacher needs a what? A break? A substitute? Every educator probably saying, yeah, a break would be nice. Thank you, Lord. We just got started, but that sounds good. You need, a, you need a substitute. You need backup. You need help. When you're, when you're building a baseball team, there's something called the farm team. What that means is they would start it out local, small. Like we have Braves over here. They build them up. And they, a lot of times you go work through that. Sometimes they brought in major league players to rehabilitate when they get injured. Well, my point is we got all the bases covered, but we want to move forward as a church. In order to do that, we need our church to come together and say, brick by brick, stone by stone, I'm assembled at this local ecclesia, and I want to move forward with this church. So how do you do that? So we build through small groups. That's one way you can get connected really easy. But I'll tell you, another way you can really grow in your walk is through serving in the church. And I know what you're thinking right now is that, man, when I look at this list, Pastor Jody, like what, what all is on there? Well, there's all kind of stuff on there you could pick from. Numerous things on there. Numbers of things. You might say, well, I don't see anything on there that, um, that really makes me excited for Jesus. Here's what I would just say to you right now. 
I would say to you, pick something anyway. Why is that? Because there is a number of things that I was not excited about when I started following Jesus, but somebody in this church said, come here. Me? Yeah, you, come here. I'm barely saved. Come here. I am saved. I just mean I don't feel sanctified. I know, understand, I'm saved. What are you doing? I'm just, I'm just bringing my Bible. I'm trying to find page number 438. I, I'm lost. You know, what, can you help? Help do what? Can you play drums? So I fumbled over drums for the longest. And then when somebody else came that could really play, they said, hey, you. I said, yes, me? Yes. Can you sing? We got somebody to play drums. We're going to let him play. You can come sing. I don't want to sing. Are you called to the ministry? I was, but now I don't know because I don't want to sing. You get over it. Sing. Okay. After that, enough singers were present. They said, hey, you, come here. What? We need some help with kids. I don't have kids. It don't matter. We need help. What do you need help with? Will you teach them? Teach them what? You going in the ministry or what? Yeah. Well, you got to start somewhere. They need somebody to teach them about the basics of Christianity. You can do that, right? And I guess so. My point is, I did everything, I just did it. And ask if I enjoyed it. They didn't ask me if I enjoyed it. Matter of fact, they just said do it. I'm just telling you, like, look, as a church, let's put aside us. Just find something. Find something. And what I want you to do is check off a box. You can hit the screen on the front if you want just to scan. If you want to do it digital, it'd be easier. But if you do this, when you put your name on it, you know, put your name on it for me. Don't do, uh, and then put a phone number or an email or something. We can contact you. Don't put like, just be led by the Spirit, Pastor. You ask the Lord and he'll tell you who I am. No, you got to tell me who you are, rascal. And don't be putting on like eight six seven five three zero. Don't be doing none of that weird. Put your stuff on the paper. Don't be messing with me, man. But we we really want to move forward as a church, and and I want to establish a team that is is deeper. We'll get some depth in our church. Okay. Took a while to rebuild everything else. Like we're ready to move forward, but we we need to make sure we're in depth. Okay. We'll help you move forward with all that. Now, again, how does the body connect with rocks? So as I'm wrapping up today, I, I want to show you something here. And I want you to think about this, about the body. You know, when we were working out, this is what we said. We would lift weights, work out stuff, and some of the guys, you know, we'd, and we would say, these other guys would come in. You know, I don't know, ladies, y'all might do this. Y'all probably do other stuff. But guys, you think you're kind of like, you know, you think you're like, I've been lifting, I'm good, until that guy comes in. And that guy come walk, he walks by and his, like, leg muscles are just like, boom. He looks like the Incredible Hulk. You know, just like, what What did you, what have you been doing, man? And we would say, like, we used to call him, like, if you like Arnold the Oak, we'd be like, man, that dude's chiseled, man. He is like, look at that. I mean, you don't have a man crush, but it's kind of like, man, dude, like, wow. That's crazy. How many, do you sleep here? Like, what do you do? We'd say he's chiseled. Even the guy, you remember this guy, he used to come out a while back, and this guy would say, can you smell what the... Y'all act like y'all ain't watched it before. Can you smell what the is cooking? He named himself the rock. So you say, well, what does it have to do with, with the church and rocks and the body and how we function together as a church? Well, Jesus is referred to his church many times as not just the bride of Christ we talked about last week, but the 
body of Christ. Now let me ask you a question. Can the body do anything without its head? Not a trick question. It can't. You physically won't move without this right here. I promise you. Don't try this at home, but it will not work. Do you think it's possible that Jesus is saying, let's build the kingdom. And his body is saying, my arm's asleep. I can't move. Oh, man, I got to stretch first. I don't know. Is it possible? Yeah. So I know what the, the, the thing I want you to hear is that sometimes we think, well, how am I supposed to help uh, build the kingdom of God, Pastor Jody, because I don't have uh, the time to even buy my groceries. Like, I'm so overwhelmed right now. I feel like I have no margin at all. I, I have never had to teach children about margin. Never. I've been teaching. I started out... In, when I started ministry in 2002, I was preaching to kids. For years I did that. I preached to kids. We taught them about the authority in Christ. We taught them about how to be in, in, as far as submission to authority. We talked about all kinds of different things that you think work with the kids. I have never had to teach children about margin until now. I've had to teach my children what it means to have margin. Because our world, it's not just about you. Our children, everyone feels as if we must constantly be doing something and if i'm not doing something then the world is telling me i must be doing something and since everyone else seems to be doing something too i'm being left out but i'm telling you do we want to build our lives on the rock or do you want to trip over the rock which one do we want to do and that's what we need to ask the question of this morning so i got illustration now if you've seen this illustration before please don't don't i want you to participate but if you've already seen this and I do the first thing, you're like, I know what that is. Don't cheat and like give the answer that you know no one else knows. So participate. But if you know it, just sit back and smile and wait for someone else to not get it right. Okay. Otherwise, you'll run my illustration and I worked really hard to make sure this works. Okay. Thank you. So there was a professor. This is years and years ago. A guy by name Stephen Covey. He talked about. Uh, this illustration. This is an old illustration. I understand that, but it works very well. Okay. So in this jar, this is not a magic trick either, by the way. <laughs> it's just a simple illustration. But in this jar, I would ask you a question. Would you consider this jar to be, I mean, it's, if I did that, maybe, but it's pretty full, right? I mean, I couldn't add, maybe, I might get one more rock at the top, but it, it's pretty full. Would you say? Yeah. Okay. All right. So now I'm going to do something here. It might take me a minute. I want to spill these everywhere. You can imagine these are like little pebbles of your life. No. So if I keep doing this over and over again, you think I got more? So if this is your life, let's just think about that. Is it possible that you can add more into your life? Isn't it funny how we think we got so much on our plate? Right? If I let that settle in, it'd probably go further. We think we have so much to do, right? But yet, now we say it's full now. Pretty full, right? Yeah. But, 
The reality is, we can probably add some more stuff to it, right? Don't you think? Because we all think that we're so busy. And yet, isn't it funny how you can kind of keep adding more and more, right? And if I had time, I'd shake this all around and keep going, and it'd just keep going down and down and down. And would you say it's full now? Pretty full. Nobody will say now, right? Because I'm like, oh, well, maybe. And it's funny how you can keep adding stuff to it. And what you once looked at and thought, well, it's full. It's all these big rocks in there, right? We had more. We had more. We had more. And the thought is, is it possible that you might look at this and ask yourself this question is, what is the illustration that you see from doing this? What would be the illustration? Do you see, well, I can always add more to my life. Is that what you're seeing? Because if that's the case, I still got plenty of water I can keep adding. And if I wanted to, I could sit here and just keep going and going and going. Do you see that hey, I can keep adding things to my life? I, got, I, got, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. How many would say that's true? We can add more. When I first saw this, that's what everybody in the room thought. It's like, yeah, you can just keep adding more. You think you're full until you see, well, I've got more room. I can do more. I can do more. But here's the point that we missed and that probably maybe unless you've seen this illustration, you wouldn't think this. What is the moral, if you will, of this illustration? Put the big rocks in first. Because if I were to try and reverse this, and I have this jar with water, and I'm not about to try this, but and I start pouring in these other things, how many know this is going to overflow? I'm never going to get all of that in there. Can I just push a couple things out to you this morning? Is it possible that maybe sand represents hours on Facebook and social media and insignificant things that we all do that we probably say we don't have enough time for, but yet we do it anyway? Is it possible that the little pea gravels, all the little things that get our attention and time, and we worry about the end of the world, we worry about our politics, we worry about this, and we're, we're just so consumed about the world that's going around us and about what they have, and oh, they got a new house, and I didn't, and maybe I should get one, and I don't know, and we're just, and we just keep going. And then the whole time we're building all this sand, sand, pebbles, pebbles, and then we get time to do something for Christ. We go, I'm just kind of busy. Pastors, number one comment that they hear when they say, hey, can you help? Ah, it's kind of busy. Which, as a pastor, I want to say, aren't we all? Like, I don't live here. This isn't my home. I have work and I have other responsibilities too. We all are busy. But what is the difference? Choose to put the big rocks in first. What would that be for you? Well, Ephesians 4 and 1, I'm going to read this to you and then we'll wrap up. Ephesians 4 and verse 1, and this is from the New Living, so this will match up with your Bible really well. But Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, I'll put it on the screen for you as well. Paul says, Therefore, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. 
This is Paul. If Paul were here, I promise you, you think I'm, like, first of all, you wouldn't mean going on. Baptisms would be like at 5 o'clock. Paul would like, he just, he'd preach and preach and preach, man. And you would just be here too. You'd listen to him. It would be amazing. But he says, lead a life worthy of your calling for you've been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. I didn't say in union. Haley and I were talking this other day. This is union, baby, right here. I'm in union with that lady right over there. I'm not in union with anybody else in this room. I'm not in union with my kids. I'm I'm one with that one. Why does that matter? Because I'm in unity, though, with everyone else. That means if you want to follow and be a part of that Alabama football team, you go right ahead. I'm not with you. I ain't on your train. I love you in Jesus' name. I just disagree with you, but I love you. I'm in unity. I just ain't on your train. You understand? Pick whatever you want to pick. Oh, I like Ford. I like Chevy. Who cares? In Christ's house, that doesn't matter. We cut up with each other. We have fun. But in the scheme of everything, have a spirit with one another in unity. He says, watch, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, which you're coming to after this, one God and Father of us all, who is over all and in all and living through all. Watch now, guys, verse 7. Come on, somebody, pay attention to this right here. However, this is, means it's for everybody who says, I just love Jesus, I come to church and worship, get my Jesus time, and that's it. Hey, however, listen up. I'm glad you come in, get your Jesus on, but listen. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Understand what I'm saying? Look at me right now. Everybody look at me. He's getting everybody in here a special gift. I don't know what that is. I think God's called me to preach the gospel. Well, that's great. We got all kind of kids in here the gospel. I don't think he's called me anymore. No, he either called you or he didn't. You don't get to pick and choose what you get time for. You, I tell you how many times I've heard this. I'm called to preach. I'm called to preach. And I say, well, that's great, man. Can you help us? Because we got plenty of places in youth and kids and groups. No, I'm, I'm called to preach. I need to be preaching up there. We, we, there's no spot available for that. And they get all mad. And what they want is they want something in a week that took us 20 years to, 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 to get. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Calling is not based on a Twitter following. Calling is based on can you dig it? Old school, can you dig it? You know, sorry. Step into a slim gym, I'm sorry. Anyway, can you hang in there long enough? Can you deal with the pressures of it all? Because I'm telling you, you'll be tried in it. But one week, man, are you called, Jody? Yeah, I think I'm called. Will you sing? You don't want to sing. That's flesh. We need you to sing. (sighs) Okay. I'll do it. And then my heart gets right, okay? So anyway, we've all been given a special gift through the generosity of Christ. And that is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to New Heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who now ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. 
And he goes through ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now watch what it says. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do what? His. I know we're busy. I know you got a job. I do too. But it's his work. And we're going to do what? We're going to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, merging up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will be no longer immature. Like children, we won't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, church. Then he says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each one of us does their own special work, it helps the other parts, what? Grow and that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This Jesus called us to come together as a church to do a number of different things. And you may look up here and you think, well, I'm not on the platform. Well, maybe you should be. Well, you don't need musicians. Yeah, we do. We don't need singers. Yeah, we do. Well, I thought kids' ministry is covered. No, it's covered, but we need more. What, what do you, we don't need ushers. Yeah, we do. You need people to greet the doors. Yeah, we do. You people have to do with local outreach and global stuff? Yeah, sure. Don't don't think because you see what you see, you think, wow, I don't need anything. No, we do. We absolutely do. If we're going to go any further, deeper into our community and reach out into the world and do what it is God's called us to do, yes, we will need all of us coming together. Now, this is what this word, I'm going to reverse the scripture and listen to it this way. This is what happens if we don't. It says, if each part, I'll put this on the screen for you, okay? So it, it, this is like a really messed up version. It's not in your Bible, but reverse what I just said, okay? If each part does not do its own special work, it does not help the other parts grow, and the whole body is sick and unable to grow and in need of love. That's what happens. That's the truth. That's the truth. So this morning... I'm going to put this on the screen for you guys because I know what you're asking. Well, what are the big rocks, Pastor Jody? If I'm going to help serve Jesus in his church, I'm going to help do what God's called me to do. If, if you're saying you need me, yes, I do. Absolutely. Really? Me? Yes, you. Absolutely. Where? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Just check your name off a box, something. Let us know. We'll, just give me the first step of getting your name and information and we'll go from there, okay? But why don't you think, well, if I'm going to help Jesus, I'm going to build his church, you got to help me with this right here, Pastor Jody, because I don't know what big rocks I put in first. Okay, I'm going to put this on the screen for you then. See if, I don't know if it's up there at one time or individually, but if you guys can't put all seven up there at one time. Oh, perfect. Here you go. Now, you can take a picture of this, look at it later online, but I'm, I'm not going to teach on all this right now. I could. God should be first. That's a given, right? Now, as a Christian, you're going to say that, but let's just be honest. Is he really first? Because if he's first, my priority is going to reflect what's first. Next is going to be your spouse. If you're married, it's going to be your spouse. I thought it was my kids. You've been deceived, my brother and sister. You better get this right. That spouse better be second because your kids will move out. 
they will. And I've, like I said, I'm doing it 20 years now in ministry. And I've watched what happens when people build their lives on their kids. They're heartbroken, devastated, and don't know what to do when their kids move out. Eventually, they leave. Now, some of you are thinking, like, when? Because, <laughs> uh, when? Like, could you help me get that figured out? Well, they will leave eventually, I promise you. Uh, at least they should. You know, they should. <laughs> don't have a basement, and they won't come back, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, then it's your children. Because God, watch this. God, he instituted family first. Family was first in Genesis. And then he brought alongside the church later. But his church came after the family. If the, and let me just say this. If the family unit is not strong, you cannot expect us to work 30 minutes with your child once a week and expect a miracle. And it gets worse if you can't bring but once a month. Just being real. Y'all want us to work miracles with your kids and your family and call me like when something's going wrong and I ask, where have you been for six months? And people, and y'all hear these stories, and y'all hear people say stuff. Oh, Pastor Jody's so mean. He wouldn't do this. He wouldn't do that. And you believe this stuff from people who just, they, they just love to fight about stuff. And I can't figure out why you don't listen to the people who are here longer. I love you, but I, it just is the weirdest thing to me. Oh, I heard so-and-so said, well, so-and-so ain't even here. They ain't been here for five years. Why do you believe them? Well, I just thought, I just thought, well, quit thinking. Just follow God's word, man. You know, it's just weird to me sometimes. Sorry, I say, sign up. Hey, Louis, tell me later. No, that wasn't probably the nicest way to say that. But anyway. So you notice what's right in the middle is the church. But this is very important to understand this. Family first, your church should, just like a brick, it should work right in there and be connected. After your church, you see work. Oh, Pastor, I can't do without my job. Eh, I beg to differ. You can't do without your car, maybe, but you can do without your job. Remember that. The reason you got your job is for your car. You don't have to have that car. You don't have to have that house. You don't have to have any of half the stuff probably that we have in America. I've seen people live on less than what we have. Just saying. Yeah, but you don't understand what they ask of me. Nobody told you you had to work there. Yeah, but you don't know. The problem is this. You want to put the sand and the gravel in first and then try to stick Jesus in there somewhere. No, it ain't going to work that way. The big rocks are first. God family, church. Now you can work on your career. What's next? Friends. Well, you don't know my friends. My friend's like a brother. Yeah, but if you're married, that lady should be your primary friend. Or him, if you're, she, if ladies, if you're married to him, he should be your best friend. Yeah, but he won't pick up his underwear. Well, I, you married him. He wouldn't pick it. Ask his mama. He wasn't picking up his underwear before you married him. I don't know why you think you're going to change that now. But that is your best friend. If you're married right now in this room, if you're not and you're looking, you might find a little single somebody. I don't know. But if you are married right now, look to them right now and just tell them, you are my best friend. Now, guys, I know you think, oh, man, so ooshy-gooshy. Say it anyway. She will melt like a Hallmark movie in a box of chocolates, baby. She will be like... Oh, Pastor Joe, dismiss us, do baptisms. I'm ready to go home. Like, you know, so. Look, I'm looking. You are my best friend. She is my best friend. And she, I mean that. I don't just, you know, she said, would you have fun going with the guys out there? I said, yeah, but it wasn't the same. I'd rather have you with me. She's like, really? I said, like, yeah. Goofball boys. I mean, you know, I, they're my friend, but I love them, but I'd much rather have my friend, my best friend with me. All right. Then it's your recreation. 
fun stuff. God called you to have some fun. Look at your neighbor right now and say, I'm like, I was born to have some fun. Tell him right now. Tell him, I'm a, just tell him I'm a party waiting to happen. You don't know me. If you sit next to my mom-in-law, you know that's the truth. She is. So as we go today, listen to me, guys. You are supposed to enjoy life. And there is so much tension right now on so many things that really will not matter in 100 years. And it is killing us. We are absolute, We are in the biggest mess. I've been to other countries in the, in the world, and we are in trouble. And we're hiding behind cars and houses and 401ks and everything else that seems like, and we're not happy. And everybody else in the world living off of dimes, and they are just like, yeah, man, let's get some coffee. Well, you got to get back to work. America, <laughs> The rest of the world is like, man, y'all crazy. Put the big rocks in first. Put these things in first. Notice there's nothing up there about a house. Nothing up there about your 401k, your 304b, your education account, college tuition, or whatever. This is big rocks. Then add the other stuff in. So this morning, I want to pray for you, and I want to ask you to do two things for me. Number one, if you're in this room and you say, man, I don't know if I'm a part of the body of Christ. I don't know if I'm a Christian. I want to pray for you right now. Before we go, I want to pray for you. You're watching online as well. Maybe you don't know if you're a believer. I want to pray for you right now. And so I would love to ask you to do right now. Just close your eyes and bow your heads right where you are. As I pray for you, the whole church is going to pray together. You won't be by yourself. But listen, this has got to be right first. This is the biggest rock you're ever going to get right is this one. So while you've got your eyes closed and no one's looking around, I want you to repeat this after me. It's a prayer of faith. The Bible says this, that basically a man believes in his heart and he confesses with his mouth that Jesus is Lord. So whether you are a guy in the room or a gal in the room and Jesus, you're uncertain about this one. We need to get this right now. So just pray this with me right now. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life and I give you my heart. I ask you, Jesus, to save me, to forgive me, and to cleanse me. Lord, I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you. Right, church? Give me a hand, would you? Absolutely. So proud of you. Listen, you can go to connect.cornerstonerome.com or the seat back in front of you has got a little card there. And we'd love to help you get started walking with Christ. We can help you in a number of different ways. But if, if you need help with that, please let us know so we can help you. You can drop it off the offering box on your way out. The offering boxes, by the way, uh, in case you forgot about the water leak, the offering boxes are beside the doors on your way out. In case you've never noticed them, they are there and they have envelopes in them as well. Uh, be led of the Lord. Thank you. So, um, don't just be led. Actually, give. Like, you know, <laughs> sometimes I'm just led. No, just give. So anyway, uh, one thing I'll see in this card right here, just take this with you, okay? Don't leave the church with it, though. Put your name, your information on it. And if you're already serving, you don't have to do this. But if, if, if you're not serving, take it, fold it up, and throw it in the, in the offering box, okay? We'll help you. We'll contact you. Get you started walking with Christ, okay? Or right, get you help started filling out... Um, the next steps. And it's one thing on the bottom, if you'll stand up with me right now, I'll tell you this on the way out. 
At the very bottom, it says, I want to attend a discovery class to help me find the right team for me. So if you don't know and you're trying to figure out where do I want to serve, we'll help you. We're going to do a class. We used to do these all the time. I told you we're trying to get things like up and going again in every area. It's uh, just, you know, like I said, it just takes takes a while to, you know, stopping a train and starting a train isn't as easy as what people think it is. Have you ever done it before? It ain't like stop, stopping your Honda Civic and kick, get going again. It's a little bit more difficult to stop a train and start one back up. But if you want to learn more about how to find the right team for you, if you check that box at the bottom, drop it off in the offering boxes, which are beside the door on the way out, in case you didn't hear me the first time. Those offering boxes are on the door that's on your way out. <laughs> drop that in there, and uh, we'll help you get started with that. All right. All right, before we go, let me just speak this blessing over your lives here in Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24. And then you're going to walk next door to where? Y'all are awesome, man. Thank you. You didn't forget. I'm so proud of you. You guys are so cool. Thank you for not leaving. And It's going to be fun. We're have a great celebration. Oh, and my mom, thank you so much. If you have a prayer ministry team member, will you please come down front? I have, Haley told me, you know, you're so ADD. I'm like, I know. These guys will be down here, and they would love to pray with you about anything as soon as we dismiss um, anything at all in your life anything and that's what they're here for you pray to receive Christ that's wonderful but maybe you're here and you need prayer for something else and uh, we just believe strongly that prayer changes things and we don't want you to leave here if you need prayer okay please please don't so <clears throat> numbers chapter 6 and verse 24 uh, this is the ironic blessing and it's the blessing of Aaron to the people of Israel. It says, May the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you his peace. May God bless you guys so much. If you need prayer, come down front. And uh, if not, we'll see you at the chapel in about five minutes, all right? God bless you guys. You're dismissed. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.